1: Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au.
3: Mornings with Ben Davis. Ah, uh, very good morning. Thanks for taping up the ears with me this Wednesday morning. Um, kids' sport is it now unaffordable? Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. I remember the strain it used to put on us at our place—cricket, uh, netball, rugby—all all in the one year, back to back to back to back. And that was pre-pandemic. Registration memberships, it was all hitting the back pocket, and that's before you bought the kit, wasn't it? The, the shoes, the boots, the bats, the balls, the dresses. I'll get into more of it shortly. But there was something yesterday that triggered me about this. Kids' sport, has it now become unaffordable for many households, for your place? And, and it's okay. I mean, it's not, but it's okay if it is, if it's something that's dropped off the family budget. And, and I know different sports have different costs. What's the most cost-effective? What's the most expensive 1313550467736736. 13, as I said, I'll get into more of this in a moment. But I think it's a timely chat because we're about to be hit by a tsunami of dream weaving sport. Origin, Ashes, US Open. It's the stuff you stay up late for. It's the stuff you watch as a kid. It's Munster. It's Marnus. It's Cameron Smith. It's the poster on the wall type stuff that all our kids and we did as kids, aspire to be. And now can they actually afford to do it? I'll take you through all those events over the next three hours, along with those who help create those sporting dreams, who help create sporting folklore. Mal Meninga coming up in the next hour. What about him? He is part of Australian sporting folklore, isn't he? Uh, Why was Billy Slater so angry after game one? I'll be tapping into the psyche of a Maroons coach. What needs to happen to secure the series? And why was Nico Hines not picked for New South Wales? I'm actually going to go to the man who didn't pick him for the World Cup. Maybe Mal has some answers to that as well. Uh, we'll also be talking to the man who went toe-to-toe, or was that nose-to-nose with the raging bull?
4: Us, having a bit of a dust-up as they go field. Fittler and John's combining before finding Girdler. Darren Smith comes out of the deep and puts him away and the scuffle continues to be broken up by Laurie Daly.
3: Fortunately, this little scuffle between Hill and Tallis, it didn't escalate. <laughs> it didn't, but it could have. But it did give us one of the great images of state of origin, didn't it? Gordon Tallis, Terry Hill, nose to nose, the Eskimo kiss. It was used on posters and promotions for years to come. And st- In fact, I still think it's used this day, isn't it? Terry Hill and Ben Hannant, after 11 o'clock today, both part of origin folklore, both part of Australian sporting folklore. Ben Hannant, part of the dynasty for the Marines. Look, I've got a double pass to give away today to the Lions and Swans, Friday night at the Gabba. It'll go to the caller of the day. What's your favourite Australian sporting folklore? Like, that moment, or maybe that Achievement that just sums up what sport means to us in this country. Steve Bradbury, sporting folklore. Jeff Horn, sporting folklore. Kieran Perkins from Lane 8. Maybe it was Arthur Beetson, game one, state of origin, whacking his teammate. Oh, Australian sporting fo- folklore. What's your favourite? 131355 0467 736 736. No right or wrong answer. Let's have a bit of fun with this. As I said, a double to give away to the Lions and the Swans Friday night at the Gabba. Considering pretty much, well, there's no Dolphins, there's no Titans, there's no Broncos all on a buy this weekend, uh, the only ticket in town. This Friday night, well, before State of Origin on Wednesday, of course. But if you got a ticket to that? At uh, 13, 13 55 0467 736, 736 As I said, a double pass to give away to the call of the day. W- what about this for Australian sporting folklore? <laughs> Oh, what a premiership indeed. 1989, extra time, Balmain and the Canberra Raiders and Steve Jackson, the super sub. Oh, wasn't that special. I I remember it like it was yesterday. Unbelievable. And he was a Queenslander too. Where is he now? Well, we'll catch up with Steve in about 15 minutes' time to find out exactly where he is now, what he's doing. And, And that was just the start of the Steve Jackson story. That catapulted him into... Uh, Australian sporting folklore. He also made his Origin debut the next year. He has a habit of match-winning tries. Action Jackson, the super sub. It goes off the back of our chat yesterday with how important a number 14 is now in the game of rugby league and how important the bench is. Well, Steve Jackson, he was the original super sub. Didn't wear the 14 on his back. No, no, he was a 20. And that was just the beginning of his story. Cannot wait to have this chat. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to do this. And now, time for Ben's snap judgment. Yeah, ten minutes past nine, K- kids' sport is it unaffordable in 2023? 131355. How much does it cost for your son or daughter, your grandkids, to, to play sport? And which is the most expensive? I, I, I want to take the temperature on this so, of, of the city of the southeast. I want to take your pulse on it, uh, especially when we're on the eve of some great sporting events that will allow our kids to dare to dream the origin uh, state of origin series and, and the ashes kids will be staying up late to watch Munster to watch Manus wanting to play like them wanting to be like them but mum dad it's bloody hard to justify them actually going out and doing it now isn't it especially when cost of living is squeezing us all and it's squeezing hard as I said, I remember my kids are a bit older now, and for a number of reasons, they don't play sport anymore. Cost is not one of them. Our daughter, here's another thing our daughter doesn't play sports. She's 16 because she's now working on a Saturday and Sunday. So that's another conversation altogether. But I know cost does come into it. I remember pre pandemic when the kids did play cricket, rugby, netball. It was a whack. But you don't say no as a parent, do you? Of course not. You want to give your kids every opportunity. But now with inflation, cost of living, interest rates going up, I, I, I don't want to bring the mood down, but I know these conversations are happening in every household around the country. What goes? Well, takeaway goes, doesn't it? Netflix, you, probably Netflix, you may flick that. Uh, takeaway coffees, you don't be doing that anymore, do you? What have you had to cut back on? The generic home brands at the supermarket, if you can find them on the shelves, because they're the first things to go. Red meat isn't an option anymore. There's so many things as households, as families, we now have to just scale back on and do without. So where does that leave netball? Where does that leave footy? Where does that leave winter cricket? I'm tipping kids' sport is one of the things, one of those expenses you might have had to pull stumps on. And it's okay. It's not a badge of shame or anything like that. It's just... Where life is right now, right? Have you had to do that at your place? As I said, I want to take the temperature on this, and I may be completely wrong. Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. The reason why this jumped into my mind is yesterday's state budget had a headline in it: "Kids up to the age of four will get help paying for swimming classes." Four point eight million. Let's call it five million dollars extra into kids swimming over the next two years so what's that two and a half million a year and it comes in the form of those fair play vouchers have you ever used them the fair play vouchers it sounds good doesn't it a headline from the state government we're going to help your kids play sport we're going to get them active we're going to get them into into the world of sport i mean that teaches you so much we know that the the values of life the values of winning and losing camaraderie teamwork the health benefits endless but the $150 Palaszczuk government fair play voucher. Have you tried to use them? They sound good in theory. It's a nice headline, isn't it? But they do come with a catch. You need to be on some sort of pension or your child needs to have a health care card. Yeah, exactly. But you probably already know that because you've tried it. So. This nice subsidy, this nice relief, the government is going, hey, look at us, we're giving you this. Yeah, but it comes with a catch. Um, I was working it out too. So it's an extra five and a half million a year that they're tipping in to help kids swim age up to four. So two and a half million a year, and that's what, 150 bucks a pop? So it's about 16,000 kids that they're trying to bring back into the realm of getting them into swimming or getting them active into sport. Except it doesn't sound that much, does it? 16,000 kids. Are these vouchers really helping? Are they helping you out? I mean, there's bigger picture stuff, isn't it? How difficult is it to keep kids in sport? As parents, we sacrifice so much for our kids. We want to. We want to give them the best possible chance. We sacrifice our time. We sacrifice the weekends, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the taxi, the carpooling to go to different sports. And if you've got more than one child, how do you cover both at the same time? Exactly. But there does come a limit. And the cost of living pressures aren't new. They've been going on for the best part of 12 months now. And with the rating interest rate increases, there's going to be some really hard and difficult conversations. And that's fine. That's just how life is right now. Have you hit those conversations? Where does kids' sport fit into the realm of things? Is it important? It, may, it is is it up there on your list as something that's non negotiable that has to stay? Maybe you've had to switch sports to a more affordable option. What's that? Help us out. Give us a tip. What have you found? What have you had to go to to change just to keep your kids playing sport? One that's not as expensive. Is that you? And what is the most expensive sport for kids to play? 13 13 55 0467 I fear that this period of time that we're living in right now, the cost of living inflation, rising interest rates, we could actually be missing out on a generation of finding the next Reese Walsh, finding the next Marnus, the next Locking Neil, or Sam Kerr. We could be missing out. Are we? Is kids sport in 2023 unaffordable? I'd love to take your pulse on this. I'd love to find out where it all sits right now. 13, 13 55 0467 736 736. 16 minutes past nine. Wednesday afternoon we are one week away from Origin 2.
1: Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au.
5: Mornings with Ben Davis.
3: Uh, Yes, Uh, the Origin Pump Up Songs. It's a week out from State of Origin 2 and I've let Slam and Sam, our resident New South Welshman, on the Pump Up Songs because his team needs every help they can get. That was what, Rage Rage Against the Machine? Killing in the name of? Well, there's only going to be one killing. It's going to be happening at uh, Lang Park. Sorry, Suncorp Stadium next Wednesday night. Yeah, exactly right. See what I did there? Yeah, thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. Plenty to talk about this morning here on SENQ, your new home of sport in Queensland. Sean, thank you for your text. Uh, soccer, one of the most expensive sports for kids that I found three hundred and eighty bucks plus uniforms for under thirteen. Well, if you do get that $150 voucher, if you qualify for that from the Queensland Government, well, $380, eighty bucks—it's not even halfway. And that's just registration and sign-on, isn't it? Then you've got to buy the boots and uniform on top of that. Sean goes on to say, softball is probably one of the more affordable sports I've found. Sean, thank you for your text. See, keep them coming through. K- kids sport in 2023, is it unaffordable? Or have you found a way to make it work? If so, how? Let us know thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. So before I jumped on, I was having a quick chat to Pat and Heels about all the sport that is coming up. State of Origins, we know for kids has got a late start and it's a late finish, isn't it? On a school night, it's well after ten thirty. You're creeping towards eleven o'clock. Then you've got the Ashes, you've got the US Open. How do you stay awake when watching sport, especially well from overseas into the wee hours of the morning? Have you got a tip? Have you got a tactic to keep you up and about? I said to Patton Hills, I deliberately leave things around the house that I need to do, like to pick up or clean up after myself. Maybe it's stacking the dishwasher. Maybe it's cleaning up after dinner. I'll tell Beck, no, 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 it's fine. I've got this. Let me do it. And I will get to it in a couple of hours' time just to get off the couch and get me up and active. That's how I stay awake to watch sport. Any tips to take us through the next six weeks when it comes to Ashes? 131355 0467 736 736. We've got a double to give away to the Lions and Swans. The Gabba, Friday night.
1: Now on Mornings with Ben Davis. It's time to track down our Queensland legends with Where Are They Now?
3: Uh, yes, where are they now? And it's to do with Australian sporting folklore. What, what's your favourite? Steve Bradbury, Perkins from Lane 8, Wally and MG, maybe Jeff Horn in the Battle of Brisbane against Pacquiao, Alfie coming back from England. So much that creates and so many moments of creative Australian sporting folklore. What about this one? Back it goes to Lang and they decide to run it. He turns it
5: to Jackson. Can he get it down? He sure did. Yes. Referee Manson has a good
3: look. Yes, a try. Uh, Steve Jackson scoring an origin try on debut. That comes off the back of his match winner the year before in the 89 Grand Final for Canberra. Oh, He has just got a knack of scoring match winners. For a front rower too. The 89 Grand Final, it was the greatest, wasn't it? Yeah, extra time against Balmain. Steve Jackson... Where are they now? Well, we've managed to track him down. Jacko, a very good morning to you. Where
6: are you now? Good morning, Ben. Uh, central Queensland, yeah, we sort of, Mackay's on that sort of edge of central to north Queensland, but we've always we've always named Mackay as uh, north Queensland.
3: Oh, well, there you go. Sorry, that that's my bad. I, I sort of see it as about halfway. Oh, no, Rocky's halfway, isn't it? That's, yes, yeah. Rocky's halfway yeah. up there. Yeah, yeah no, so Mackay, you're right, a bit further north. Mate, what are you doing in Mackay these days?
6: Wow, gee whiz, I've retired. I retired way back in 94, so that'll make it uh, 30 years next year. Hey, uh, well, that's
3: from footy, not from life.
6: <laughs> <laughs> that's from footy, that's it. Well, footy was, was my go-to, you know. Um, uh, I, I, I come back to Mackay in 95. Uh, I did a bit of marketing promotion for my local Make boys rugby league club way back then. Uh, I then run into a a gentleman that was the master franchisee for, uh, for the Leonard's chicken outlets and, um, 20, yeah, 26 years later, I'm still in, I'm not, I've got two shops now, but, um, 26 years, I tell you, Ben, I'm all chickened out.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, hang on 26 years. So you must be doing something,
6: right? Oh mate, just like business. I've had me ups and downs. I've had me good times. I've had me bad times, but, um, the, the game of rugby league taught us to be resilient and, uh, and that's what I've done, you know. I've tightened the belt when I need to tighten the belt. Oh, don't worry, I've got, loose. I've got loose quite a few times. But, uh, and once again, that's what the culture of the game was too. We, we, we used to drink a little bit of alcohol. We celebrated a win and then we also drowned our sorrows. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I'm a big believer of what happens in the, the dressing room, the locker room. It can be taken into the boardroom. And that's a loose way of saying that the lessons learned in sport, you, you can't apply it to business.
6: Mate, totally totally it's the same principles to be successful in anything it, it, sport is one of the best teachers in life it, you, you do you have your ups and downs you, you roll you ride the roller coaster rider of, of sport and then that's the same as life I I, um, I definitely put into place things I learned from the game things I learned from training things I learned from other people and I put that into into business, and and it's just that's how it works.
3: Oh, what's you what's you go to as far as chicken? Leonard's chicken. Leonard's chicken. Leonard's chicken. Yes.
6: And mate, the whole chuck. <laughs> I, I just love the whole chuck. You know, <laughs> people say breast, people say thighs. I said no, nah, mate. I I love the whole chuck. I love chicken. It was funny. They used to call me a few nicknames. I I, I I sort of got a little bit upset when boys give you nicknames, but as I've learned in life, yeah. it shows character. The more nicknames you have, the more character you have. So they used to call me Foghorn, and I used to get in trouble because my voice is so penetrating. I was always there, could be 50 blokes in the dugout, and Mr. Bennett, I remember in '87, Mr. Bennett was talking. He said, Jacko, shut up. And I said, there's 20 other blokes talking. He said, but we can only hear you. So they called me Foggle. And then they called, they called me Chicken Legs because I had big quads and, and little, little calves. And I always used to say... I always used to say, you know, the only use carbs are is to hold your socks up. So,
3: <laughs> 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 oh, we are speaking to Chicken Leg Steve Jackson, Foghorn Steve Jackson, a man <laughs> that created so many memorable moments on the footy field. Um, the the eighty nine Grand Final. I, I know that's. I know there was so much more hard work that led up to that moment, but that was a turning point for you, wasn't it?
6: Ben definitely, it put me on the map. I, uh, I joke about I was just a bum from the bush, you know. I, was, I, I got to relive um, that moment back in 2019 when, when Canberra made the grand final against oh, yeah. East. And, um, and they put me on stage. See, I never got to go to the grand final breakfast way back in 89. I was a late inclusion and there wasn't enough plates set out. So I sat back at the, uh, the Travelodge Hotel in Sydney And with all the strappers and the rubbers, and I waited for the real footballers to come back. So that's how much I didn't think I was going to get a game. There was eight fresh reserves. And, yeah, and then um, I I talked to uh, Todd Greenberg. He was the boss of the uh, NRL back in 2019. And uh, halfway through the year, I said, "Uh, look, Todd, I've never asked anything from the ARL or the NRL. I retired back in 95. I scored a try for Canberra back in 89. If Canberra (laughs) happened to make the grand final, would you let me put one foot on that arena? And um, Canberra beat South Sydney the week before the grand final. And that was on a Friday night. Saturday morning, I got a phone call from Tyson Tyson White. It was Todd's uh, right-hand man. Yeah. And he said, uh, Steve Jackson, we have a weekend for you that you'll never forget. So they said, they we don't have the grand final breakfast these days. It's a grand final luncheon. They put me on stage with uh, Petro, JT. Um, um, there was – oh, jeez. Uh, Andrew Voss was the MC. Nathan Hindmarsh was there, wow. and uh, Sam thiday Sam Thiday so I'm up on stage with these boys, and they played for Queensland, played for New South Wales, played for Australia, and here's Steve, the bum from the bush on the end going, I can't get into this conversation, honestly, they're, they're, they're showing your best and worst thing, like JT, they showed his worst one, he went for a field goal, and it ran along the grid and showed a number of his great things he'd done. And then they got to me and Andrew Voss said, hey, Jacko, we haven't got any bad uh, vision of you. All we've got is one amazing, and they played the grand final try. So good. And I got on the mic and I said, you know what? The only reason you've got no bad is you've got no reserve grade footage. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was the reserve grader. I wasn't even first
3: grade. (laughs) (laughs) I am talking to Steve Jackson. Yesterday we spoke about utilities number 14s as they are in the game now and all the drama around Nico Hines, New South Wales, who's in, who's out. And and I asked, well, who, who was the best? Who was the best off the bench? Because the bench is so important. And number one, unanimously... What was you. And and Steve, it wasn't even the number fourteen, it was number twenty, uh and, and that try. Big Mal scoops up a loose ball and you beat
6: how many? I don't know, but um I remember. 15 I of them? Oh, there's only
3: 13 <laughs> of them on the field from Balmain, but I reckon you beat 15 of them.
6: <laughs> I, you know, I laugh about this and I joke about it. I say that, you know, I don't have to exaggerate, exaggerate that try because it was a damn good try. If I, get, <laughs> if, if I Ben, if I get pulled up a foot short of that try line, yeah. no one even knows how good a run it was. They, they never see that that bit of footage again. Yeah. Chrissie O'Sullivan, we, we've had three reunions at Canberra since the 89 Grand Final. And every time I see Chris O'Sullivan, and as you would have known if you'd done your homework, Chris O'Sullivan kicked the winning field goal to make it 15-14. He looks at me and he says, I hate you, Jacko. If you don't score your try, everyone remembers me for that field goal. He said, they don't even know I kicked the field goal. <laughs> it's
3: very true. Very true. you are taking an extra time. Oh,
6: God. Yes.
3: Um, well, mate, as we said, that catapulted you because the next, I mean, you left Canberra you then get a chance to play first grade. You're, you're you're at West's, you're at the Magpies and 1990, you make your origin debut for Queensland and not just any debut. It was at Lane Park and mate, you've got a habit of scoring match winning tries.
6: <laughs> I was, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to put myself in the right place at the right time. Um, yeah, look, I'd been talking to Wes throughout the finals. Um, in, in 89, Canberra had a very strong club. Our the 21s made the grand final and got beaten by South Sydney. My reserve grade team, we made it right up to the week. With the preliminary finals, Parramatta beat us in extra time. And I remember my, I was uh, the highs and lows that year. Midway through the year, I debuted for Canberra. You know, back in them days, your debut was when you run on the field in the first 13. These I, days, it's to make the to make the seventeen squad.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you yeah. you're on the bench, that didn't count as a debut, even if you ran, that, even if you came off the bench.
6: That's exactly right. It wasn't yeah, your debut. Right. So I'd come off the bench in eighty seven when when Don who um, co-coached with Wayne Bennett. Mm. But it wasn't until nineteen eighty nine, and uh, Tim Sheens come up to me and he said, and that's when New Zealand were playing Australia. We had a fair few representatives in the New Zealand side and the Australian side. And he come up to me, and he said, uh, "Jacko, and I'm a fr- I'm a front row in reserve grade." And he said, uh, "Yeah, mate, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna debut you this weekend." And I went, oh. He said, "I've got a bit of a problem, but I've got a front rower spot in centers and a center center spot." And I looked at him, I said, "You thinking about putting me in the centers? Because I because because I could get along pretty good for a big fella." Yeah. And well, um, chicken legs, yeah, Those <laughs> chicken legs are <were> pretty quick. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, uh, I said, Tim, don't care, mate. I'll have a go. Yeah. So I debuted. A lot of people wouldn't know this, Hans. I debuted in the centres, for Canberra Aiders, in 1989 against Balmain. Who would have thought? Oh. Balmain. So, hey, so, you, did you take
3: – did you replace Big Mal?
6: Yeah, Mal was in the Australian side. Yeah. Gary Belcher was in the Australian yeah. side. There was about probably five players out of that Canberra side. Lazo, Are we too early for Lazo? Lazo would have played for Australia. He would have been in Australia. Because it was um, Diamond, Diamond, Craig Diamond, and I were the replacements. He went in the front row and I went to the centres against Andy Courier. So I'm already already behind the eight ball because I'm a front rower, (laughs) playing A grade, in my debut, waiting all my life for this game. You wouldn't believe it. tore medial ligaments in the first ten minutes. Oh, oh no! No, no. going to change back then. No. They they come on. I said just strap that leg as yeah. tight as you can strap it because when I lifted my leg in the air, I couldn't feel below my knee. When I twisted my foot, I couldn't feel below my knee. And I went, something's wrong here. This is not good. <laughs> anyway, I tried to play on for another ten minutes, limping around like an idiot. And I was all, like I said, I was already behind the eight ball. Andy Correa ran round me, scored under the sticks. Um, Belmain beat beat us at Seaford Oval that day. I remember going off, sitting in the dressing shed, having a cry by myself and thinking, it's all over, you know, this. I waited all my life for this. And and then um, on that week, I went to the physio. I could have got the operation and then I would have been out for the rest of the year. He said, we try to rehabilitate it, try to strengthen it. He said, you still might need the operation. So that's what I did. I rehabilitated, I strengthened it every day. I worked so hard. I got back on the paddock in reserve grade about three weeks before the finals. I went right through reserve grade, and then we got knocked out a week before the grand finals. And there I'm sitting in the dressing shed again thinking, all I want to do is play in the Sydney grand final. I used to watch it every Saturday on, on the ABC television at home when I was a kid in the 70s. Yeah. And um, and then Tim Sheen's come in and he said, well, Jacko, I've got eight fresh reserves. He said, I'm going to put you in as a ninth fresh reserve in on the bench.
3: <laughs> what about this? Mate, the names that you've just mentioned as far as coaching, Wayne Bennett, Tim Sheens, and we see what they're still doing now in the game. Uh, your first origin was under Arthur Beetson. And yes. and there's a former teammate of yours, Shane Flanagan, who's about yes. to jump back into the coaching race, if we believe what we hear because we dragons i mean geez you don't know one day it's Ryles, one day it's someone else mate i want to ask you all these questions i want to ask you about origin as well what i need to do now though because we can chat i love this we need to take a quick break for the news if you can hang on we'll come back and continue this conversation steve jackson my guest this morning what about this he's been he's been everywhere he's been at the point <laughs> the epicenter of so many sporting moments in this country and rugby league uh, back with more in a moment here on senq Thanks for your company this Wednesday morning. Oh, it's a week away from State of Origin 2. Cannot wait for this. You'll be able to hear the call on SENQ. Of course, uh, plenty of chances to win prizes and be part of that action. I'll step you through that just in a moment. But right now, we'll continue our conversation with Steve Jackson. Steve, origin at Lang Park, Suncorp Stadium, the Cauldron. Uh, that's where you made your debut.
6: Yeah, man, I, I tell a story, don't no, no, I? My stories tend to sort of go elsewhere. I do apologise. Uh, it's all good. So, so um, 1990, I, I've gone to West. I, I went left Canberra. Uh, i have been Canberra for four years and I left Canberra for a jersey. I, I left a number 23 jersey at uh, Canberra and I jumped into a number 8 jersey at West. And uh, as it worked out, it was the best decision I made in my football career because I ended up Playing nine State of Origins after that yeah. that um, that selection, and and you wouldn't believe it. We're playing the uh, New South Wales had won the first two Origin matches, so it was a dead rubber. And back in them days, they called a dead rubber that um, it was only half a camp. So the players that played in Origin they played on the weekend for their club before the game. So I was playing against St George, and as I was walking into the dressing sheds, Bobby Linda stopped me and said, because Bobby was at Western 1990. Yeah. And Bobby shook my hand and said, congratulations, mate. And I said, what for? And he said, you're in the Queensland side. And I went, you're joking. Dan Staines, I think, broke a ligament in his neck. And, oh, um, and sometimes, yeah, at someone else's expense, something, yeah. something great happens for, for, for an individual. And that's what happened to me. And, and I just couldn't believe it. And, and I had to get through a first-grade match against St. George at Campbelltown without getting injured and you know what happens when you start thinking like that oh, you get injured of course yeah. I hurt my neck I hurt my neck and um and uh Bobby and I had to get into a, a cab we had to go to Sydney uh, airport and he said how are you feeling I said oh this neck is stiff and he said well what they'll do as soon as you get into camp the doctor will twist your head that's the first thing he does he said yeah you I know, just you know, say it's a little bit sore so that's what happened I said yeah and I Flinched a bit and he went, oh, what's the matter there? And I said, oh, mate, I'm front rowing. You know, back in the, our days, you used to have to pack scrubs. You used to yeah. head button scrubs. You used to go in real hard. And, uh, and um, yeah, I, I got my jersey. got my number 17 jersey and I sat on the bench. And um, I got to um, replace Sam Baco with about, oh, I don't know, seven or eight minutes to go. And Sam come to the sideline, he grabbed me by the co- collar and he said, don't you effort for us. I went, oh, that's all I needed. Thanks, Sam. That's all I needed. <laughs> so, and I was the hero and the villain in that game because um, all I'd do was fall over the try line. Alfie Langer was just amazing. He just said, hang inside, hang inside. Fifth tackle, I didn't know what he was going to do because Alfie had the little bag of tricks, didn't he? He could do everything. And he passed it to me about three metres out from the line and I rolled over top of Ricky Stewart. And I got the score. That was a winning try in, in that game. Yeah. And, um, t- and then t-
3: t- 10 all with what? Would you say three minutes to go? And it yeah, ended up being four be 14, 10? Yeah. yeah,
6: three or four minutes to go. Yeah. And then they kicked off and I dropped it on the first tackle. Mm. And I was in every tackle. I was in the six, ta- six tackles. And then we took the winger over in the corner. There was me, Wally, and I think Mal. Yeah. And then as I got up, Wally hit me over the head, clipped me on the back of the head, and said, You're effing lucky. <laughs> Thanks, thanks, King. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, King. We won. That'll do.
3: That'll do. And the twelve months later, you're in the thick of one of my favourite Origin moments: MG and Wally going toe to toe. Ninety-one. You were in the front row for that game.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I. Oh, once again, I'd only played. Um, I hadn't played many minutes of football leading into that Origin match, and um, so you're we fresh played Brisbane. Yeah. Sorry, so you're fresh. <laughs> I was fresh. <laughs> yeah. They're talking about well, then I'd be able to, you know, because he's been out a while, and it made me remember about that game because, and I was, I was, you know, I carried about 116 kilos, uh, so I was a good weight. Yeah, I feel And, you. and yeah. I we played uh, Brisbane at Campbelltown the week before they selected uh, the Origin team. And I I come off the bench and um, I'd only played, geez, I think only about 160 minutes of football leading into that selection. And because I was a big body in New South Wales, you knew how big their pack was. They were were ginormous, their their pack. So I I think that was the reason, because I'd been blooded in 1990 um, and I was a a heavy body, and I I believe that was the the reason I got selected. And we won that um, first game, I think it was 6-4. It was when when um, Dale Shearer had a kicking duel with Ricky Stewart, Those and you do days. not have a kicking you do not have a kicking duel with Ricky Stewart for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, we won that. That, that was when '91 Wallys last year. Yep, and two points separated the both sides for the three games. It was six four at League Park. Yep, it was 14-12 at the Sydney Football Stadium, and then we won 14-12 back at Leg Park. Yeah.
3: And Wally wave goodbye, mate. They are they are brilliant memories. And you know what? Just when you said you heard about Nanai and, and the I've shrink- just yeah. Have I
6: have I lost you there?
3: No, no, I've got you. I've got you. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, there we go. I was going to say the, the 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 memories there. There's so much synergy to what's happening right now, as far as the Queensland camp's concerned, and the way you said how you you know little time, right place, right time. Strap my knee up and just keep going. I mean, that's that's the Queensland way. Even being a front rower playing in the centres on debut, out of position. We see that. Now we saw that in game one in Adelaide where blokes were playing out of position, down to twelve men, Ruben Cotter playing on an edge, guys out in the with the wing centres, they shouldn't have been there. What do you make of this Queensland team and the New South Wales team? How is it panning out for you next week? I
6: wouldn't I wouldn't, I wouldn't last five minutes in today's game. I just <laughs> it's magnificent. Is isn't it isn't it an amazing um a product, rugby league. Oh, I just, I just love today's game, and you know, I know we we bitch and carry on about the bunker, and but the technology has given the people that watch, the fans, so much more to see, you know, and and you know, yeah. well, I can be sitting beside you watching the same um, same game, and Ben, I'll say that was knocked back, and you'll say it was knocked on. So the referee sort of, it's a fifty-fifty call. I, I, I love what Ruben Cotto, Serena Boy, Serena. How how cool is Serena? In my Back in my day there was Dale Shearer and Marty Bella, they yeah. got Kevin Campion. You um yeah, look, he he's um he's been amazing. He just the speed he starts the game is the same speed he ends the game. And yeah. and oh, look, they got a fantastic and Billy, geez, I love him. He, he's talk, he's, he's smartness. I was watching him on NRL three three sixty last night. And he just, oh, poor old Braith was trying to shoot him down. He just, he wasn't quick enough for Billy. Billy just took that ball high, put his foot in Braith's mouth, and said, "Be quiet." <laughs>
3: well, let's let, let's 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 hope that let's hope that repeats on on Wednesday night. Mate, before I let you go, because we Jesus, we can talk. Uh, I I want to ask you, Shane Flanagan, um, you packed down on the front row with him at West Dragons. Yep. I know he's been there and done it before with the Sharks. Well, have you got a Shane Flanagan story? What's the type? What, what what type of bloke is he? What do you? How do you think you'll go trying to turn this Dragons team around,
6: mate? Since this has happened, I try to and I've watched Shane go through with Cronulla. Went and watched that grand final in 2016 against yeah. Melbourne. Um, I, I try to recall Shane. He was a quiet. He was a quiet achiever. Flano. He used to swing off me. I was his loosehead. I won him. I won him a few loose sets back in them days. <laughs> Hookers loved their loose head prop when he used to get a good rake on it. Um, he was solid. He was always solid. Um, I, I do remember a story there that Warren Ryan come over in 91. Me and Flana were doing um, benches uh, away. And, and, and um, Warren had Joey Thomas and Cement Gillespie and Tony Rampling over there. They'd all just come to the club. And he said, righto, uh, Joe, when you're at dummy half and Rampo, you're hitting the advantage line. And here are me, the incumbent front row and hook us, five yards away, and that's how Warren used to do it. He used to create in-house, that in-house, you know, drive. I, I thought it was a little bit over top sometimes, but, yeah, that's where me and Fano looked at each other and said, oh, mate, we're in reserve grade by the looks of this.
3: Yeah, but yeah, don't worry. Nice little rocket to uh, to keep you on your toes. I like that. So well, mate, that's, exactly mate, what, yeah.
6: that's exactly what they do. Wayne Bennett does that pretty yeah. well, you know. He, Doesn't he? he? You know, that reverse psychology thing that, that pumps you up, so – Yeah, look, like I said, Flano, he's one hell of a coach. He's got the – everything about coaching is results, isn't it? It's a results-driven game. And he has the results, so it'll be interesting to see when he goes to the St George Dragons.
3: Mate, mate, I have to go. Mal Meninga's yep. patiently standing standing by. Dave, if, you take Sorry, up, if you take up Mal's time, you're going to be in trouble. Sorry, you know. oh, oh,
6: mate,
3: I'm out. I'm gone. No, don't apologise. Don't, don't apologise. <laughs> it's been a bloody wonderful chat, mate. Let's do it again soon. And um, and go the go the go the chickens. Yeah, There's chicken the breast, the legs, go all the chickens. of I do yeah.
6: a little bit of real estate up here as well, so um, yeah, I'm, I've got my hand in everything at the moment.
3: Steve, you could be the Mayor of Mackay. What about that?
6: Oh, mate, that's happening next year as well. So that's another story, and I'll talk to you later (laughs) then.
3: See you, Steve.
6: Cheers, mate. Hostplus has been named
1: Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis.
3: Uh, Yes, standing by with Mal Meninga on a Wednesday. The Maroons immortal. We will tap his brains about Billy Slater. Why was he so angry after game one? Did you notice that? Straight at full time, Billy Slater, after an amazing win against the odds, was sitting there, stony-faced, ready to rumble. And rumble anyone who was close to him. he was even like that in the sheds afterwards. So we'll get into the psyche of the Maroons coach. We'll also ask why... Vlad Fitler did not pick Nico Hines because it's something Mal didn't do for the World Cup either. The Dalian M medalist. 131355-0467-736-736. 13, 13, 7, 7, but these texts have been flying through, and thank you for this. I wanted to ta- I wanted to take your pulse on what kids' sport is like at the moment. As far as affordability, uh Michael has said, Morning, Ben. Both my girls play rugby league. The sign-on fee. $300 out of that, 100 is to the NRL and you register online first. And then the next 200 is to the club. I now our club lets you pay that over the first couple of months throughout the year. We might sell things like footy doubles. So they have a bit of a kitty for the end of year breakup. Not mad Monday MLK, as yeah. they as they are too young for the, um, for the, uh, as they're too young for that, they're, they're the eldest, her open team, has done a few sausage sizzles at Bunnings. The biggest thing we have noticed is the travel costs of games on the north side and south side of Brisbane. 13 13 0467 736 736. The question that I asked at the top of the show in 2023, is kids' sport unaffordable? The cost of living we know is going through the roof, interest rates, inflation, everything's going up cost wise and on the back of yesterday's state budget we see the fair play vouchers are still in play from the state government but they're so hard to access there's so many hoops you've got to jump through there's so many criteria you have to meet i just fear that on the on the eve of origin 2 on the eve of the ashes two of the big sporting events that the kids stay up late for at night but coming into school holidays they'll be watching they'll be watching munster they'll be watching marnus and they'll want to play like them And they'll want to be like them. But I have a fear that the next generation could be lost just at this period of time. We may be missing getting some of these kids into sport because for a household budget, it could be one of the first things to go. As I said, wanted to take your pulse on this thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Peach, good to hear from you. Totally agree with the prices for kids' sport, Ben. It's very expensive. Lucky for myself, the daughter's taken up music instead. What's a further bonus is the instrument is a triangle. Rock on, <laughs> regards, Peach. <laughs> Rocking on indeed. Uh, this one says outside of the fact it's not a mainstream sport, my daughter does gymnastics. And it's still 220 bucks a term. The fair play vouchers aren't any real help because everything's gone up. But I also know that we earn too much money to even get one through the cost of living, even though that goes up as well. It's crazy amounts. Thank you for that text. Keep them coming through. 1313550467736736. 13 736. It, it is crazy, isn't it? The cost, of living vouch- no, the cost of living vouchers, the fair play vouchers that the state government has put out, one hundred and fifty dollars per child per year. It was announced in yesterday's budget. They're increasing that, not 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 the price of it, or not the subsidy you get, but to help kids under the age of four pay for swimming lessons. Now I'm all for that. It's a great initiative. But again, one hundred and fifty bucks, and the only way you do qualify for this is. You have to be on some sort of pension or welfare or, you, or your child has a health care card. So it really narrows it down, doesn't it? When it comes to tough times as we're living in now, is this one of the things that your household budget can't sustain? Kids' sport. Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. I know in New South Wales they have a similar scheme, but it, it seems to be a lot more accessible. I think it's called the Active Kids scheme. Yeah, Active Kids program. That's what it is. They they get two one hundred dollars vouchers for school kids to uh, go towards sport each year. The only criteria you need for that is you need a Medicare card. So that's pretty much everyone, doesn't it? Maybe the Queensland government could help out a bit more. I know we hate relying on the government to help us out of certain situations, but if they're creating subsidies and beating their chest about it and saying, hey, this is what we've got as far as the budget's concerned, yet they put all the caveats to it and a few criteria that doesn't really extend, where does that end? And at 150 bucks, I mean, some of the prices I'm hearing here, the 150 bucks is just skimming the top, isn't it? What's the most expensive sport that kids play? And have you switched sports because they're one that is not as expensive? If so, help us out. thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Mal Meninga is standing by. Mel, very good morning to you. Um, we are morning, smack ben. bang in the origin period again. But before we talk that, oh, I know you're a dad. You, you've, you, 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 you'd be battling this as well as far as um, kids' sport is concerned. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that every household across the country is battling with at the moment, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, Ben. Um,
7: my solution, uh, I, you know, you go back to when I grew up, uh, sport was readily available in schools. You know, so yeah. your, your PE your PE teachers were dedicated to, to PE and plan and um, you know making all kids you know, play sport or some do some sort of physical activity. So I think it's I think from a get everyone there's so many benefits in there in in you know people and young kids being active. You know, yeah. whether it's sport or doing some sort of rec- recreational activity. Um, I just think there should be more investment in schools initially uh, to get kids active. Uh and then and, and then obviously you know from there kids can make some choices around what they want to do outside of school, of, of course. But I just feel that you know we we need to get sport and physical activity, recreational activities back into schools. Yeah, back into or, the state in, schools. Invest, as well. Yeah,
3: back Man. back in the state schools, mate. Yeah. Uh, does that come down to the particular the code or the sport, or is that more of a, a state government and, and, and schools initiative? Then, or do they need to work? They obviously need to work together. But who needs to be pushing that? Do you think? Oh, hello, Mal. Are you there? I oh, know. We've lost the big fella. Technology, not our friend this morning. Uh, keep those calls, texts coming through. Um, uh, Razor said, Ben, when every God. second child has a mobile phone. <laughs> fo- <laughs> there we go, Mal. We got you. I'm back, mate. Sorry, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's all right. That's all right. Um, yes. Ironically,
7: ironically, ironic, ironically, my daughter's trying to ring me. <laughs>
3: ah, ah, there we go. <laughs>
7: so, ironically, she must hear, She must have heard me. I
3: don't know. <laughs> um, so, so, Mel, does that does it come down to the particular sports trying to push, not, trying to get back into the schools? Is that where the the, the push oh, think, needs I think to come so from? As well,
7: yeah. yeah. Oh, I think so too. I think you know. Um, all the all the sporting organisations at the national level need to need to work with obviously the education department department of, um you know department of education obviously the you know, education minister and, and look at how we can you know, how we can actually push you know more sport more physical activity back into schools like you say the state school system um, is really important you know so there's so many teachers out there at the moment who have obviously done a degree in physical education but you know they're teaching other other um other subjects at school as well. So yeah, I just think that we need to look at the whole, the whole process, you know, health, education, yeah. um, sport, how that all intermingles and how do you get the best outcomes for our kids these days. And then obviously you, you, you're encouraging kids. There's, there's so many benefits and you know, obviously there's the health issues, you know, educational issues. You feel obviously from a, a self-esteem point of view, you, you know, you you're, you're better aligned to, you know, Um, going to school want to do things you're healthier all those sort of things are really important I reckon
3: in young kids growing up well and it teaches so much about life too doesn't it in sport I mean it teaches how to win teaches how to lose teaches how to be part of a team and and those lessons can take you through life as we just heard from your old teammate Steve Jackson they can help you in business
7: as well yeah social skills are really important in it all yeah absolutely Um, and you know schools are are your best platform because everyone has to go to school. It's compulsory, so everyone's in those systems, you know. So, um, and to be exposed to as much as you possibly can through the school system is, I think, is absolute, absolute necessity.
3: Yeah, no, it's a really good point, Mel. I know the school curricula is just so packed as it is now. Kids are overloaded yes. with homework. They actually do more work at home than it seems they do at school. Uh, so trying to fit it into the curriculum and be part of it—that that's a challenge that they'll have. But I think it's a it's a good push as well. Actually, I ran into a mate of mine on on, on Sunday who was taking um, uh, his kids to sport. It was uh, it was AFL on a on a Sunday morning. I said, oh, it's true, Sunday sport. That that's that, that's a big weekend. He said, well, all the school sport. Uh, they go to a private school, is on the Saturday. Yes. So yes. so your entire weekend is taken up. And that's, um, yeah, but he said it, it's a battle. It's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hit to the hip pocket, but we do try and do everything we can to, to sacrifice for our kids.
7: Well, I think every parent's like that, you know, they sacrifice for your kids. Yeah. Um, but if we if we got support along the way, you know, through your government um, areas, you know, education and health, I think, you know, you can actually come up with a really good program.
3: All right, we are talking to Mal Meninger as we do every Wednesday. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Mel, how do we uh, – well, how does let, – let's just try and step into the mind of the enemy. How does New South Wales save this series? I, I want to get both sides of the border here. Can you, can you take us into what Brad Fittler might be thinking from your experience?
7: Uh, well, it's ironic. I was, was going to ask you the question, Ben. How come you know, New South Wales people have got this defeatist attitude? You know, so how come... Because they from New of South a... Wales now. Of <laughs> course, you know, all of a sudden, uh, because the New South Wales team's playing in Queensland, playing at Suncorp, where they don't have a lot of success, obviously. But, you know, I've just... I've walked down the street just this week and everyone's... I don't met a person that New South, says New South Wales is going to win. You know, so this is his psyche, I think. And, you know, so Freddie, obviously, from a team perspective, can't be listening. They can't be... You know, listen to the voices, external voices um, around rugby league at the moment. You know, uh, they've got to be bunkered down. Uh, no social media, no media, no 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 newspapers, no radio. It's just don't listen to to all the the rubbish that's going on around uh, externally around the New South Wales you know, chances, and just bunker down, and just focus on what their role is, and and yeah, you know, just focus down on on making sure that they play the best game they possibly can. That's all they can ask for.
3: Mal, and I, and I love this insight as well because it's almost like New South Wales are, are trying to do it. They're not trying, but it's almost a Queensland-type feel about it. They're the underdogs. They've got backs against the wall. They've, they, they've got everything to, to to play for. They've got to come out swinging, come out fighting. And that, that, hang on, we own that. We have a mortgage on that position. Yes. But, but now that's where the Blues find themselves. So that, that's creating a little bit of anxiousness in my mind now that they could oh, be doing Queensland on a Queensland
7: yeah well it, exactly you know so in my time in in Origin is that you're going you play the first game it's very difficult and this is where Billy's at at the moment it's very difficult uh, to get the players to a level where they need to be to be in a situation where they can win game two as well or be successful in game in game two as much as you try as Jimmy like I've mentioned before, I think on the show, there's Jiminy Cricket in the back of your mind saying, listen, if we lost, it doesn't really matter. We get another opportunity, you know, down New South Wales. So they've got to try and get Jiminy Cricket out of the back of their minds yeah. and just get them in you know, get, you know, focus in the front of their minds around, well, you know, we're going to play the best game we can. So that makes all go for a fantastic game if they can get those the mental preparation right in both
3: both camps. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense, and we know, well, we know that it's been twenty-five years since New South Wales have come to Brisbane after losing Game One and then winning Game Two. Ninety-eight that was. Ninety-eight was a year that yeah, it was it was a big year for for Brisbane and Queensland sport. Um, Alan Langer, captain, the Broncos, Maroons, and Australia to trophies. Wayne Bennett was in charge there, so it was a it was a, a big time. But we were beaten at Suncorp Stadium or Lang Park as it was back then in ninety-eight by a. By a New South Wales team, but I've got to say, Mal, and I, I mentioned it yesterday on the show when I run my rule, run the rule through that team. Uh, man of the match game two in 1998 was a bike called Rodney Howe. Yep. For New South Wales. He destroyed us. Yep. Yeah. Um but then he didn't he play did. he didn't play again for eighteen months and we no, know we why didn't. exactly. So exactly. Let's, yes. <laughs> so let's let's just put that and consign that into the, the realms of history. Look, let let's concentrate on those who are there. I do want to do that, but before we get to a quick break, Mal, and then we'll come back and concentrate on who is there and what needs to happen to do their job. One thing on Nico Hines. It's still the most baffling decision that I've seen in a long time from New South Wales, and we know they've made some absolute doozies of decisions, but how does the M medal winner play in game one? The backup half for Nathan Cleary, you'd have to think, and then when Nathan goes down... He's not even used at halfback. He's not even in the team. And the reason I'm asking you this is you had to make a decision for a World Cup not to have the Dally M medal winner as part of your squad. Yeah, um, it's a very good question, Ben. Uh, to me,
7: I reckon the decision would have been made, you know, weeks ago. Well, soon as soon as um, Nathan had his injury, I, I believe that a decision was made amongst the hierarchy about who's going to be our next, our next halfback. Um, that's what I firmly believe, and they obviously didn't believe they, that. They didn't look Nico at the bike was... at number fourteen. No, they didn't. No, I think it would have been because you don't make judgments based on Nico's last game. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is the thing oh. about it. you. You make judgments on a on a player's worth over a long period of time, where they can handle the pressure. The, is he composed in under pressure situations? You know, you look at form and all that sort of stuff. It's it, that decision for me. In you know, well, this is how I look at it. Do. You don't make a, a judgment based on the last game they played. Um, you're kind of hoping they played, they got through it okay, you're healthy. Um, but you make decisions based on, you know, history, in my opinion. And Nico was the, the 14, obviously, in, in game one. And so it's, it is a, a little bit baffling that he didn't get the opportunity. Um, they're trying to find excuses around, you know, well, you know, it, it did take effect, a mental effect on on Nico, that he, he's out there playing the centres and he missed Munster and he you was know, set up to try to win the game and all that sort of stuff. Um but, you know, I don't think, I don't read into that too much. You know, Nico's a pretty confident kid uh, by all reports. You know, he's at the height of his powers. Um, he had a bad game on the weekend, but surely, you know, that doesn't come into consideration when you're picking him for a, a state team. No,
3: and, and, and that's that's the only explanation behind it. And, and that's how Freddie explained it yesterday. Th- this was Brad Fittler on why, well, Mitchell Moses got the nod over Nico Hines.
4: Well, last time Nathan didn't play, Mitchell took his position. So in my eyes, it was Mitchell's to lose, really. Um, and given the way they've played the last couple of weeks, uh, they've been, you know, they started pretty slow. And it just gives you confidence, you know, what he did in that
3: round. Well, there we go. Yeah. So it was yeah. he, he, he was the backup last time Nathan Cleary was out, which was what was that, That's 2021 right. Game 3, wasn't it? So, That's right. So they've yeah.
7: already made their mind up on... Before even going in the weekend, mm. Ben. So yeah. it, w- it was always going to be Mitchell Moses, in my my opinion.
3: All right, Mal Meninga, my guest as he is every Wednesday. Uh, he is here to answer your questions as well. thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Origin related, of course, is the topic of conversation right now. But any question coming towards Mal, uh, maybe you have an idea on how to get kids into sport just a little bit cheaper than what it is now. Mal, quick break. We're back with more in just a moment. <music>
1: Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au.
5: Mornings with Ben Davis.
3: Ah, yes, the Origin pump-up songs will continue all week here on SENQ. We're letting and Slam, our man in the blues corner, predict and play these pump-up songs. What, what, why Rocky? What are you saying? Mal and I sometimes put the gloves on and, and, and go to... <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Come on, I'm a bit smarter than that. Wait, I'm, I'm,
7: think, I'm thinking he's trying to take the take the piss out of because of our age. yeah. Right? <laughs> we were alive and he wasn't yeah. when, when yeah, that exactly. actually
3: came out. Yes. Yeah, exactly.
7: I'm down here doing push-ups straight away, so it's just an <laughs> automatic reaction for me.
3: <laughs> nice one, nice one. All right, now, yeah, one, yeah. Of, one of the things, well, one of the things that I took away from game one after doing cartwheels in the, in the lounge room watching Queensland yeah. come back from the unwinnable position we did it. We did it in true Queensland fashion. Billy Slater was sitting there in the box looking very, very annoyed, very stony-faced, even down in the sheds afterwards. There wasn't – there was no carry-on. There was no smiling. He seemed very, very upset. Take us through that mindset, Mal, and what we'd be upset about, and that leads me to my next question, what would you be working on in uh, this yeah. camp heading into Game 2? That's a great
7: observation, Ben. Um Words count. So I would su- I would suggest, you know, goes through Billy's mind would be, what's he going to say to the players? And how am I going to carry myself being the leader of the team uh, that allows the, the team to obviously celebrate success, obviously, initially, but also reset, you know, for game two. So uh, through Billy's experience, he you know, he's obviously um, had a lot of success through his career. So he's resetting himself. He's resetting, well, the words that I say out loud to whether the media or to the players is going to have an impact um, and I want to have a positive impact but the way I carry myself is really important as well because um, the job's only half done so they're probably the two things I would suggest uh, was going through Billy's mind Um, and what Queensland have to do better for game two is just keep doing what they did but do it better if that makes sense you know so um they played really well i mean they played on the back foot defensively they were extraordinarily good particularly off their line and they kept on coming off their line all game so new south wales did a really good job around their their execution and and kicking into corners so they've got to come up with a with a better plan but putting pressure on the back five of new south wales Mm -hmm. they've got to put more pressure on the kicker Mitchell Moses probably in this case and then obviously try well, he, to get he's the their ball only better he's their position. only kicker
3: isn't
7: he well a I can kick and Not well um yeah Robson does small ones and, and Damien Cook but yeah exactly you're right so put pressure on the kicker so you're getting the ball in better field position so you you back up there end a lot more than what they were in the in the first the first
3: game Pressure on the kicker. Well, we know it's going to go to Mitchell Moses because, yeah, uh, they all. And we, at least with Queensland, we know we've got a different points of attack because we've got Ben Hunt who can kick out a dummy half. You've got Munster and DC who can both kick. So at least yep. we've got the attack going. But now – And Rhys and Walsh. And Reese Walsh, yeah. Um, Queensland on the back foot. So that means the, the, the forwards obviously need to stand up and do a bit better because, I mean, I'm just I'm just thinking about this. We were six minutes away from losing this game.
7: Yeah, exactly. But but through their through their attitude and the de- defensive prowess, they managed to, to you know managed to win the game. Mm. So that's the thing about it. So what you got to do? You got to try and play the ball the football back more down in their half, which they didn't do in the first game because of you know, really good go forward by New South Wales. So the back five is really important, and the kicking game through Cleary is excellent. You know, so they kept. We had to keep on coming out of our end, so that's it's a it's simple, but it's hard to do, Ben. Yeah, you know, so we've got to get down their end a bit more. We've got to put more pressure on their their back five. We've got to uh, put more pressure defensively and try to slow them down and put pressure on their kicker. Hard to do against the great players that New South Wales well have.
3: All right then, so the the players that we do have in the side now, Jeremiah Nanai, he's played one game back from suspension. In fact, I had a fantastic text that came through yesterday and I didn't have time to read it because it came through towards the end of the show uh, and I will paraphrase it, but it said that Jeremiah what? Nanai has played the best part of 50 minutes of footy in 55 days. Considering when he was suspended, <clears throat> excuse me, for four weeks, which was just after Anzac Day, uh, so four weeks out, comes back and plays a match, and then the Cowboys had a bye. So in the best part of of five weeks or so, he's only played a little bit of footy. He'll be fresh, but does he come in a little bit underdone? And then what about Mo Fudewaker coming into the middle for Jai Arrow? Yeah, I, I
7: like Jeremiah Nano. I think he's one of the most exci- exciting products we have in our game. Um, I put him. I took him on the Kangaroo tour. I just think he's an exceptional talent. Um, he's got a huge motor on him. Um, he he responds to challenges really well, and I've got no doubt that he'll be the best Jeremiah Nani that Queensland want on next Wednesday. Next week, there's no doubt about that. Whether he could play the 80 minutes, another question. That's why you got Ruben Cotter who could come and fill in. You know, like he did, he got man of the match, you know, for, for playing on an edge where he's normally a middle or, yeah. or a hooker, you know. So he's just an extraordinary talent, Reuben. Um, so I think he's got everything. I think Billy's got everything covered there with Jeremiah. I just think he's an exceptional talent and, you know, he's the wanting to be one of the best players in our competition for many years to come. Uh, Mo deserves it. It really is that simple. <laughs> you know, I remember coming back a couple of years and, you know, he was our best player when New South Wales... You know, flogged us up in Townsville. He was our best player. Um, he's he's back into the, the the throws. He's got he had a few injuries. Um, he hasn't been the best form last year, but this year he's exceptional. He deserves to be there. It really is that simple.
3: Maybe we look forward to it. We know that's uh, the Queensland way. We even heard from your former teammate Steve Jackson about how a front rower he was. He made his debut for Canberra, filling in for you in the centres when he was on – when yes. you were on test duty. So uh, he did his MC- he did his MCL after 10 minutes, but that was his first great debut. But but that's the Queensland way, and it harks back uh, for so long, playing out of position and just getting on and doing the job, whatever's thrown at you and against you.
7: Yeah, it's it's never about if I can do it or not. It's, you know, you'll do it, and you'll do it well. It really is simple. I'm not going to let my teammate down. I'm not going to let the state down. Because Origin is – that's why it's so great, Ben – because it's bigger than the person, it's bigger than the team, it's around the state and the people that follow me. It. it is that big, you know. So uh, players, players understand that, realise that, and take it on their shoulders, their
3: broad shoulders, and they do it really well. Outstanding stuff as always, mate. We look forward to chatting to you next week. Uh, well, on Origin Day, how good is that going to be here at the here at the, <laughs> the cauldron as well? Oh, cannot. Yeah, it's going to be excellent. It's going to be an absolute <laughs> ripper, Mal. Thank you as always. You enjoy the week. We'll catch you. Actually, we'll hear you tomorrow on the Throwdown from midday. Cannot wait for that either, Mal Meninga, the immortal himself. Uh, as we do every Wednesday, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Right now, you can get forty percent off the everyday low price of all health. Healthy care vitamins at Chemist Warehouse. How good is that? 25 away from eleven.
1: Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus, issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis.
5: Come on, Ozzy, come.
3: Yes, it is that time of year. We are about to what, two sleeps away from rolling into the Ashes. And we are doing it all thanks to Plantation Homes. The sale event, it must end soon. Ashes preview. All the talk has been around the bowlers. Does Scotty Boland keep his spot after the World Test Championship? Josh Hazelwood, is he fit? Is he raring to go? We know the Aussies overnight just had a training session only at Edgbaston. No one spoke from the Australian camp in the last 24 hours. So we'll get a better idea tomorrow morning when we wake up overnight our time of where Josh Hazelwood sits and fits. But for me, there's some other big questions around this. We will get into Scott Bowl in a moment. We'll just hear from him as well. But the other big talking point is David Warner. He's had his wish before his wish list, I should say, before heading into that World Test Championship against India, saying that he'd like to have a home test farewell, call stumps, pull stumps, whatever you like, at the SCG in the New Year's Test. He's got to make it there first, though, doesn't he? He went all right in English conditions, albeit against India in the World Test Championship. And you know what? If David Warner does get his wish about playing at the SCG and keeping his spot, well, then we're going all right on the Ashes as well. It means that he's got England on the back foot. I know it's something Ian Chappell spoke about on Channel 9's Outside the Ropes preview to the Ashes, and this is his thoughts on David Warner.
5: If you're a captain, there are guys, certain guys who keep you awake at night and Dave Warner is one of those because he score, he can not only make a big score, he can score quickly. And so they're the fellows who worry you. So if England aren't worried about David Warner, then they're silly because they should be. But then there's the next question. It's very easy for people to say, drop Warner. Dropping someone's easy. Mm. The hard part is replacing them with someone who's better. Who are you going to replace Warner with? Marcus Harris? He's done nothing. Bancroft? Done nothing. Renshaw? I think Renshaw is probably the next best opening batsman. But, you know, you
3: can't put him ahead of Warner. It's, It's ridiculous. Is it ridiculous? Can you put Matt Renshaw ahead of David Warner? David Warner can take a test away from you. That's no doubt about it. But Matt Renshaw has been in sparkling form over the last 12 months. Superb form. White ball and red ball. So Renshaw is knocking on the door, putting the pressure on. Ciappelli, well done, well said. I think that could be the case. Yeah, who do you replace him with? And it could be Matty Renshaw. All right, Seamus, Scott It It's going to be the biggest selection headache. I think David Warner is going to be there. You don't tinker much with a winning lineup. But when Josh Hazelwood comes back into the frame, if Josh Hazelwood comes back into the frame, do you keep Scott Boland there? Do you say, Josh, you've got to wait, wait your turn? We know they are going to use all of the Seamus over this time because what have we got, five tests in six weeks? Well, one man who's been there and done it all before, he knows a bit about this caper is Adam Gilchrist. He spoke to Patton Heels earlier this morning.
8: Uh, Very much so, that Boland stays. And look, it's it's a really tough call on whoever misses out, but I I think I'm leaning a little bit towards Well, I I think Mitchell Stark can easily be um, spoken of as being dispensable a bit too quickly. Mm -hmm. I think his value to the team over an extended period of time uh, and the amount of... The amount that he's sacrificed to be fit and ready and available for selection for every pretty much every test series for for a long time now, I think he earns a, the the credibility to stay. And then I think his value actually in the playing eleven is mm. is probably underrated. About um, that something a bit different from the right arm over the wicket. Um, obviously, what it does for, for Nathan Lyon as the game progresses. But um, yeah, you, know, you don't pick a bowler just to cause footmarks. You pick a bowler to have impact in. His summer last year, I thought he could. Have, he was the player of the summer for the Australians with his, um, when he, you know, when he struck, the way he struck, and uh, I would have him in there. So it's probably, a, for me, a, a really tough call on Josh Hazelwood, but that's the nature of sport, isn't it? You get injured, you give someone a chance, and it's something that you didn't really do.
3: Yeah, exactly right. Adam Gilchrist calling it how it is. Scott Boland comes in as far as he is concerned. I think, well, comes in, stays in. It's got to be the way, doesn't it? 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, seven three six seven three36 Put your selectors hat on. I mean, what? There's twenty six million of us, isn't there? As Australian selectors, um, your thoughts. Actually, let's get the thoughts of the man himself, Scott Boland, on his Ashes potential. Yeah, I just
6: got to keep doing my role and trying to keep taking wickets, and then try and make the selectors' decision as hard as possible. But I know at some stage I'm going to play during the Ashes. If it's not the first Test, it's not the first Test.
3: Yeah, I think we need to get that ascendancy going. Straight up. Our strongest team needs to be in for the first test and the second test. Have England looking over their shoulders 2-0 down. Then things start to get interesting indeed. 13 13 736 736 7, 7, 7, Our Ashes coverage on SENQ, all thanks to Plantation Homes. If you're building a new home, Think Plantation Homes, backed by a $7 billion parent company. That is Plantation Homes. 11 a.m. Mayhem coming up in about eight minutes' time. You call, you get on, whatever is on your mind in the world of sport. Again, we've got the double to give away to the Gabba this Friday night, the Swans and the Lions. It's state of origin, AFL style. And speaking of state of origin, two of the best combatants coming up. Terry Hill in studio alongside Ben Hanna. I'm going to have to separate these two. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. It's state of origin on the field, but it's also state of origin on the track as well. What? Or uh, well, we've explained after 11. <laughs>
1: Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, thanks for your company. Thanks
3: for putting the tape on the ears with us this Wednesday morning. We are a week out from State of Origin. Over the next hour, we have two State of Origin legends, not one, but two State of Origin legends joining us, and they're from either side of the Tweed. Ben Hannett will be checking in. Uh, So will Terry Hill. Both of them part of State of Origin folklore. I cannot wait for that. If you've got calls, if you've got calls, if you've got Questions For either of them, make sure you call in because right now at 11.04 on a Wednesday, it is time for this.
1: On Mornings with Ben Davis, it's your chance to get it off your chest. No sporting topic is off limits. It's the 11am Mayhem. That's right, 11am
3: mayhem. Whatever's on your mind, you call, you get on. We have a double to give away to the Gabba It is state of origin AFL style this Friday night. It's the only game in town too this weekend with uh, the Broncos, Dolphins and the Titans on a bye. It is the, well, it's the Brisbane Lions and the Sydney Swans. That's why it's AFL origin style. Let's go. (laughs) I look up at the board at this time every week and I still laugh when I see his name. Jason from Hendra. Jason, kick us off this Wednesday. What's on your mind?
2: Hello, Benny. I've been hearing the show. I've been hearing people blowing up about junior sport costs. and You know what? I've also been hearing people whinging from New South Wales about injury tolls. Yes. Spamming princess. (laughs) Like dead set. They've got three times the amount of players to choose from, and they're still whinging about who can choose and play for New South Wales without injury. Poor little pedals.
3: <laughs> How, did you, again, think, fellas. Do, you, do you think they've got it right?
2: Oh, I don't reckon they should have changed, mate. You know, make the changes that you need to for injury, but why wouldn't you give Nico Hines a chance to redeem himself?
3: Yeah, it's a big question, isn't you it? I don't understand. If he is the Dallium player of the year, he's good enough to sit on the bench in game one, yet can't get a look in game two when what your halfback goes down. It's 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 a big question. It's a big. He can't he can't play you sta- he can't play state of origin after this. I think I think straight well, away Freddie said, well you're not good enough, so we're bringing in someone else. That's that's will my. Will Freddie message. be the coach next year? Oh, that's a very good question. Yeah. I tell you what, if I was
2: Billy, I'd be running fan of pants straight at Mitchell <laughs> Moses all night. <laughs>
3: He's fan a turnstile. Fan. <laughs> fan of pants, Tommy Flagler. Every team needs a redhead. We've got two now. We've got Corey Horsburgh in there, uh, sitting oh, on the sitting. In one of one one the one... greatest? Yeah, but he oh, shav- shav- shaved all his sh- he shaved all his hair off, Corey Horsburgh. So can you still call nah. him a redhead?
2: Yeah, he'll come back as a great redhead mullet.
3: You watch. <laughs> <laughs> Good he's stuff. One of the greatest. Jace, thank you for kicking us off 11am mayhem. I don't know if we got anywhere with that, but it's always the way with Jace, isn't it? All right, Razor, you got a very hard act to follow there. Good morning, mate.
0: Morning, mate. Great to see you do what my family never did and turn up to work on a Wednesday after a late yeah. night watching the country practice. <laughs> but, uh, practice. mate, before I talk to you about Nico Hines...
3: Right, yep.
0: Before I told you about Nico Hines, my advice to the children that are going to be sitting up and watching every ball of the Ashes is you never go to school tired if you sleep at school. So (laughs) we'll... um... Well, actually, that, that's we it. Did it in the, we did it in the 80s and the 70s, Ben, and, and we didn't have Google to do
3: our homework the next day. No, so. that's right, AI and oh, all yeah. the stuff they've got hey. now. Well, what, 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 how do you stay up? How, how do you keep awake when you're watching stuff in the middle of the night, like an Ashes or a, a US Open golf, which we'll be having, um, British Open when that comes through? What's your tips to staying awake, Razor? Oh, I just
0: plugged myself into one of those charges you sent me a few weeks ago, Ben, and that'll keep me going for the rest of the night. Not hey, helpful. Ben, listen, yeah. Nico Nick Hines, Nico yep. Hines, you seem a bit upset that he's not the New South Wales team. No, I'm, guy, not, I'm, not, I'm
3: not upset. I'm actually... I'm actually.
0: You seem a bit stressed, Ben, that he's not named in the diet. Like, we're talking about a guy who sat on the interchange bench for the Melbourne Storm yeah. and become the first guy that played in the premiership side but he's not in the record books as having played because he never stepped a second on the ground. Right? He's also the first guy a year later to get some bling in the state of origin series and and never played a minute of the game. The guy's got everything big. He then went to Cronulla and played every game. He didn't get a medal. Well
3: he got, got he got, some got some a Dally got a Dally M. That's a fair medal.
0: Yeah, but there's Dally M's voted by people that never won anything in their life. Um <laughs> you know, Ben, and, and now you're a bit upset about him and then he rocks up in Origin 1 and he plays 14 minutes and gets given windburn by Cameron Munster. <laughs>
3: That's very true. What now. more can he want? Well, Razor, right, see, so here's the thing. Yeah. It, it, it's not me being, being upset. It's me just pointing out the fact that time and time again, and I'm saying this very carefully because Terry Hill has just walked into the studio. So I'm going to say this to make sure I'm out of arm's length. That, that that just plays into the New South Wales narrative that they love to pick and flick they don't know whether they're Arthur or Martha. Maybe, maybe Jason was onto something. They've got so much depth. They've got so much talent that it confuses them. They don't know what to do with it. So they'll try this, and then they'll try this, and then they'll try that, and then if that doesn't work, no, we'll bring in two hookers. No, we'll drop the bloke that was supposed to add the spice and the fire uh, into Vita Pangai Jr. And we'll, no, we'll just chuck that out, and we'll just start again from scratch because guess what? Everything's all on the line now. It's all in. So it's just playing into the narrative.
0: Ben, Ben, can I leave you with this and Queensland supporters with this? And as I've stated regularly, I barrack for every New South Wales favourite team, the Melbourne Storm. So (laughs) the origin Victorian, right? But I will say this. My Hmm. mother used to always say to me, beware of the wounded dog; They bite hard. And I think that's what Queensland need to look out for next Wednesday, the wounded dog.
3: Very, very sobering and very sage advice raiser. Thank you very much. I reckon we've got a clubhouse leader there too for the Gabba on Friday night, 13, 13.55. That is my biggest fear. And this is now with a very straight face because it's what I am worried about the most. Yes, New South Wales painted into a corner. They are wounded. They will come out fighting and fighting for their lives. Freddie's line is, uh, job is on the line, but he's the coach. What about the players? What about their reputation? they're almost doing a Queensland on Queensland. They're the underdogs. they've made changes, backs against the wall, written off even the even the even the bookies have deserted them. When does that happen? And it's been well, it's been 25 years, a quarter of a century since a team came to Brisbane after losing game one and then winning in this part of the world. And you know what? I've got a bloke sitting across from me who was part of that team. We'll hear from him in just a moment. Before we do that, Dean's jumped in. Dean, at Sandstone Point, what a great part of the world. Hello, mate. Paradise, mate. How are you? Uh, All the better for talking to you. What's on your mind? What have you picked up the phone for today?
6: (laughs) Mate, admittedly, I'll come out saying I'm a shark supporter, but I also bleed my own, which is probably a bit hard. But the way that people have treated Nico Hines... New South Wales have ruined that bloke's confidence. His last two games have been the worst two games he's played in 18 months. Everyone keeps saying about the tackle he missed or about the fact that golden child Nathan Cleary missed Cameron Munster before Nico Hines missed him. They going be, He's been the best player in the league for the last 18 months and now all of a sudden they're picking Mitchell Moses. I love it. I think it's fantastic from a Queenslander and a darks point of view.
3: Well, there you go. You're, you're, winning. you're winning all round. And, yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I'm with you. Nico Hines, I think, would have created more problems than, than Mitchell Moses. Mitchell Moses has got speed and he's got kicking game. But when you look across the New South Wales side, he's the only one with a kicking game. So you know where it's going to come from. You know where to shut down. You know where the point of attack is going to be. So shut him down and you're away. Hey, Dean, you've just picked... Razor's going to flog me for this, but you are off to the Gabba Friday night. It's the Lions and the Swans, Sydney v Brisbane. It's AFL origin style. Dean, not only the clubhouse leader, but he is the winner. Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six. That's the text line. If you've got any questions for my next guest coming up after the break, cannot wait for this. Terry Hill. Oh, and Benny Hannon's going to be here as well. We're going to get both sides of the Tweed in action, going toe to toe for the next forty five minutes or so. It is thirteen minutes past eleven this Wednesday
1: morning on SCNQ.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Hostplus Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus, issued by Hostplus Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings
5: with Ben Davis.
3: Oh, welcome to the jungle indeed. Slam and Sam, our resident New South Welshman, on the pump-up songs heading into Origin 2. They need all the pumping up they can get. We are doing it today all thanks to our friends at Mackers, proud sponsors of the Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. Now, Origin 2, if you don't have tickets, I, I'm about to give you the opportunity to get some. What you need to do is you jump online. You head to icanwin.com.au. All right, I can iCanWin.com.au. It's a chance to grab tickets for you and three mates. State of Origin 2 next Wednesday night. It's all thanks to Auto Masters. Great service guaranteed.
4: ...Tallis having a bit of a dust-up as they go infield. Fittler and John's combining before finding Girdler. Darren Smith comes out of the deep and puts him away, and the scuffle continues to be broken up by Laurie Daly.
5: Fortunately, this little scuffle between Hill and Tallis, it didn't escalate.
3: Fortunate for who, I reckon? It might be from the man who's uh, in studio alongside myself and Ben Hannant. Terry Hill, Benny Hannant, hello, boys. A very good morning to you. 26 state of origins between you, 14 tests for Australia and almost one dust-up with Gordon Tallis. Terry Hill, talk us through that moment from 1999.
4: Well, I'm, I'm a very lucky person because I know Gordon throws them pretty good. And um, I had to think twice about throwing one, and I think I made the right decision and didn't throw one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Benny, we've all seen we've all seen that photo afterwards, where 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 Terry and Gordy are nose to nose, almost Eskimo kissing. When you see that, what do you think?
5: I was a young boy. I remember seeing that game li- uh, live, and I was just. Yeah. I just going, oh, It's on here. Two big bodies going. Don't worry, Tess, You can throw them good, but I, I definitely be put my money. He would be paying what a dollar five
4: <laughs> and I'm old, a dollar eighty back into a dollar oh four. <laughs> <laughs> what I've about got, that? I've got to pump myself up.
3: Yeah, New South Wales, we always talking up favoritism now, boys. I've got you in here, yes, to talk state of origin, but not just footy as well. We want to talk state of origin on the track and people listening going, Hang on, what? Well. Terry, I know you've probably had more success at Albion Park than you've had at Lang Park as far as as far as far winning <laughs> is concerned because it is the greyhound state of origin which is happening tomorrow uh, here in Brisbane. That's right. And um,
4: it's been a concept that we've done for the last five years and we had a year off uh, through COVID and it's just gone from strength to strength. It's unbelievable. I've been fortunate enough to breed and own a couple of greyhounds. I've won two Brisbane Cups. I won them when they were seventy five thousand to the winner. This year it's worth a million. Oh, I know, so I'm, I've been shortchanged. <laughs> but um, look, it, it's just great. Ben's come on board, um, and as the um, Queensland as coach, as the Queensland coach, yeah. and, and absolutely what it,
5: what, dominated you just quietly and, last year.
4: Oh, oh, oh well, okay. Then I was about to give you a rap. I won't now. <laughs> um, but no, he, he does a great job. And Ben and Ben and I, uh, we know our obligation. Uh, and we are happy to do photos. We're happy to say hello to people, meet people. sign. like, you know, I'm passionate about it. It's been, but Ben's done an enormous job, you know, and, um, yeah. and we put on a really, really good show. Let me tell you, it's the place to be. Get your backside trackside, oh. Albion Park Speedway. Be there Thursday <laughs> night. State of Origin, and if we don't get a result in the dogs, me and Ben Hennett will go head and head and tough it
3: out. <laughs> oh, what about Betty tomorrow night? You just got to limber up. Look, forget, forget, um, forget DCE and, and Moses and Collins and Tedesco, uh, Munster and uh, well, whoever else they're going to throw up against the Cameron Munster. We've got we've got Days of Thunder versus She's a Pearl, Shipwreck versus Simply Limelight, J is a J versus Zipping Orlando. I mean, these are some of the dogs, Queensland v. New South Wales. Benny, as a state of origin coach when it comes to this, you've had to narrow down a squad of 25 dogs down to nine, isn't it, for for the racing tomorrow night. How hard a job is that? And how confident are you that you'll be able to back it up and go back to back for Queensland? Oh, it's a massive job narrowing it down. But uh, just like
5: Queensland, a lot of the time, we pick and stick which is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, we've gone with a lot of the same dogs as last year, but there's so many great dogs coming out of Queensland at the moment. And one that's got me really excited, obviously, JSJ, which holds a track record there at the moment. So, But when it comes to origin, the competitive juices come out. And the great thing is this event, not only do we have the best dogs in Queensland and New South Wales going at it for an incredible prize money, but it's a huge family event. I bring my all my eight kids up. We have a great time. The kids love it. It's super fun. Uh, family friendly, and it's just a great atmosphere where it just gets you warmed up, ready for Origin come Wednesday week.
3: Fantastic concept. and it's all tomorrow night at Albion Park. Terry, it's, it's it's not just one race, is it? I mean, it's it, it's a it's a bunch of formats.
4: It, it, the formats unbelievable, and when we get to the sprint race, we have four Queensland, four New South Wales. Yeah, then we'll go to the distance, uh, which is the seven twenty race. We have four New South Wales, four Queensland. Can the winner. New of, South
5: Wales dogs go the distance, though? Like, is the distance rate really something that New South Welshmen are equipped for?
4: He's got it's a point. it's my, time to, my time to talk. Be quiet, Ben. <laughs> um, um, them races, just to tell the viewers out there, uh, the winner gets
3: $100,000. That's huge. To the winner. Yeah. For How a, good's that? So, so that's all coming Queensland's way, which and is fantastic.
4: That's right. You, you're another one. I'm still talking, and um, and then, then if it does come down to a match race, just a two dog, um, how would they? How would I say it? Uh, hey, mano y it come, mano. You know, sixty thousand to the winner in the two dog mat in a match race, and yeah. and it'll be an all out war. An all you out. You know, war. because if we win the sprint and they and and they win the win the uh, distance. Well it comes to the match race and um you know it's like it's like playing origin when you're under pressure and it's and, and your backs are against the wall It's like we've got a ma- we've, we've got a match race next Wednesday night yeah. against and that it or- always, and you know it what happens to- and you know what happens New South Wales always comes come through. Always um, comes through. On, hang on, wait, wait, no, when? no, no. Your callers you ring up before they all they all thanked me and said, Tezza, we're with you next week. <laughs> we're, Terry, we love Terry. Queensland. Wake but up we...
5: and get your hand
3: off it. <laughs> no. still,
5: it always comes down to the decider. It always comes down to the decider. That's a great thing on the NRL with the footy filler. It hang, always hang on, normally comes down to the side. Benny, but Benny, also,
3: Benny, but... Benny, still Hang on, woo, woo, woo. That means. That means if it's coming down to a decider, that means New South Wales wins next week. No, no. (laughs) No. But on the
5: track, when it comes to the track, track, every year I've been
3: involved in it, it's
5: always come down to the match race. It's been one apiece. Mm. And it's so exciting to come when you see one dog v. One dog racing it out to see who takes home the trophy for the state. It's an incredible event and... Matt, we love it. It just gets bigger and bigger every year.
3: Outstanding stuff. Now, why I've got you both on, oh, actually, I, I, because we are talking uh, racing and, and on track, I do have to make sure I mention that you, you know, what are you really gambling with um, for free and confidential support? Please visit gambling on help online.
4: Yes, Exactly right. Responsibly. You do not have to have a bet, but it's unbelievable viewing.
3: Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And Benny, as you mentioned, it's 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 good family time out there. You bring your tribe up here. And this is what I want to ask you both, because it's been a, a theme of the, the show today when we're talking about kids into sport. Oh, I have a fear that where we're sitting in 2023 in, in this nation, around the world, the cost of living pressures are, are all there. We've got inflation. We've got uh, interest rate rises. The squeeze is on. Yep. So, something's got to give. And, and sadly, when you're going through the household budget, sometimes it may be... Maybe kids playing sport, because that's uh, bloody Benny, expensive. It
5: Benny, it can't be that. It, it can't, as a, it can't as a father, be. But yeah. As
3: a father of eight kids, I'm telling
5: you, it is so important. The life skills, I wouldn't be the man I am today without playing the great game of rugby league. It's not about being a professional player. Yeah, It's about learning how to work in a team. It's about learning how to handle setbacks. It's about learning how to follow instructions, how to be humble in your wins, how to be... Yeah, it's still good when you have a defeat. All these things you learn, all the life skills you're going to need one day working so as a team you, in a job environment, the best place to learn it every single week is playing that netball. It might be soccer. It might be rugby league AFL. It is imperative. I believe it's imperative. Yeah. I think sports yeah. should be free for and all kids.
4: I, I agree totally. I'd rather my my kid out there going to, going two nights a week or three nights a week uh, training for whatever sport they choose yeah. instead of sitting in their bedroom on a computer for, for 14 hours. Um, what Benny just said is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the premiers are going to do. I don't know what they're going to say, but Benny just brought up a kid's sport, Yeah, at least from from three years old to at least 14 years old, mm. should be free. Yeah, uh,
3: Mal Meninga said last hour Should when I was talking about this. He said, it, it, "Bring it back into to schools. Have more of an emphasis into school, into state schools. Yeah, we know yeah. private schools have got a, a great setup when it comes to sport, but that is out of reach for the majority of Australians. So,
4: the, the, sorry for interrupt them, but the yeah. majority of, of of the rugby union players, their dads, the doctors and lawyers. Rugby league, we're working class families. My yeah. father worked on the garbage truck. You know, we we mainly went to public schools." You know,
5: can, and that... can I just say this, guys? Yeah. We're also forgetting the obesity epidemic that's coming across, not just adults but kids. Great if, point. Imagine the money we would be saving our medical system if we had kids out being active every day or at least three times a week. The money we would save, we spend billions of dollars when it comes to diabetes and obesity when it, here in our country. So that money, by teaching kids good habits yeah. at a young age plus life skills to teach them how to be successful and how to handle all the different things in life, anxiety
3: and everything else. Sport, school can't teach you this. Sport can teach you this. Hey, Benny, you, you just touched on so many points there, and they are all part of the conversation. And, and the reason I even brought this up was yesterday, we had a state budget delivered in Queensland, and one of the headlines were that there's an extra $5 million being tipped in over the next couple of years to teach kids how to swim. But it comes through the a program called Fair Play, where you get $150 voucher off the government each year to help your kids play sport. But in Queensland, it comes with a caveat. You've got to be either on some sort of yeah. uh, pension as a parent, or or your kids or child, I should say, has a, a healthcare card. So they would on the some, spectrum or something. Well, yes. well, I mean, look, my my daughter's got type one diabetes, so we qualified for her and her only to get $150 off to play for netball. But the bloody hoops you had to jump through, the way the clubs didn't understand it, yeah. they in the it was it was a process. Yeah, it was it was bloody hard. I mean, you got through it, but I see in New South Wales that they have a, a program that's called Active Kids Program, and their government gives kids two hits a year. So you can only use it for, in Queensland, one child once a year, $150, yep. if you tick a few boxes. In New South Wales, it's twice a year, $100. So there's 200 for the year. Uh, and the only prerequisite that you need is a Medicare card. So that's everyone. Everyone. So Benny... For once, I'm New a, South Wales are ahead of us I'm on this. I'm moving to I New think. South Wales. Matching the money I'd save. I've got five kids in rugby league. Got
5: every sport covered at the moment. But the thing is, the money they would save in like down the track, you got to look to the future of, yeah. of where the money's been spent. We all pay a hell of a lot of tax. We want to know it's been spent wisely. Mm. The best way for every kid to get their head start in life would to be play. It doesn't have to be rugby league. It can be any sport yep. that teaches them to follow instructions, to all the things I said, teamwork and how to handle setbacks, anxiety, how to overcome that. And then on top of that, the obesity side, like it's, it's a no brainer for the government that I don't understand why school's so important education, but your health isn't, it doesn't make sense.
4: Great, great slogan. We care for kids should come out. We care for kids.
3: It's a, great, it's a great point. We're right on half past 11. Boys, what I'm going to do, Vanessa, standing by to uh, give us the news here. We're back. We'll continue this conversation because, Terry, I, I want to find out. You, you raised a, a good point during the commercial break about what that used to happen in your part of the world growing up as a kid and what the uh, footy clubs did down in that part of the world. Uh, 11.31 here on a Wednesday SENQ time for a news here. Back with Terry and Ben, Terry Hill, that's right, and Ben Hannard in the studio with us this morning. I got some money in my pocket. Over. Yeah, he, he, he and I tell you what, Slam and Sam here—he's he, been questionable, had a few questionable uh, runs over the last couple of weeks, but I reckon he's outdone himself with some of these pump-up songs coming into <laughs> Origin two. So, finally, a New South was standing up doing good things. Speaking of which, Terry Hill uh, and Ben Hannett alongside me today. Lee, if you've got questions for either them around State of Origin, we will get into talking about Game 2 in just a, just a tick. But, Terry, before we went to the news, we, we were talking about kids playing yep. sport and how can it be affordable. What, what happened when you were growing up in that sort of South Sydney area? Yeah, I
4: grew, I grew up in a place called Erskineville, Newtown. I played under the South Juniors. Yep. I played for the mighty club Zetland. Zetland? Zetland I played for. And um,
3: what was that? What was their uh, 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 mascot or moniker? Uh,
4: was a magpie.
3: A magpie. okay. Yeah,
4: Zetland magpies, and we trained out of Waterloo Oval. Yeah. Uh, I started when I was three. I was a life member at thirteen, <laughs> what? and um, I'm, the, I'm the only player uh, that played the most games for that club. Yeah. That ever played that club. Um, coming out of that club, uh, there was four internationals, um, all in the same team. One prior when we were younger. Mm. Uh, myself being one. Uh, Jim Dimmick being the other, Jim Sedaris being the other, yeah. and the other was Brett Mullins, all played for Zetland. Oh, wow.
3: That was handy players.
4: But, but, but going back, all the teams, oh. I remember the South Juniors, the the mighty South Juniors, yeah. you know, run by some fantastic people. Every year, all your insurance, all your registration, every team, short socks and a jumper, all paid for by the South Juniors. So, That's the way it was for years and years
3: and years. Yeah, mum and dad didn't have to put hands in their pockets. I I, I remember the, the the game changer uh, for 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 in my lifetime was the insurance, yep. especially public yeah. indemnity insurance that clubs will have to pay and everyone everyone. Who does anything doesn't matter if you're picking up a tool, working on a worksite, if you're a courier around town, whatever it is, you need the public indemnity insurance. You need insurance for your car, all that, stuff. and that just boosted prices right up. Mm. So that's and, the cost we have to pe- cover. There. And
4: people would be dumbfounded, like like this didn't happen over a couple of years. This no. is this has been South Sydney has done this for thirty odd years more. Wow, you know to, to way be, you know you come to South Sydney, all insurance paid for, all registration paid for. And you got your socks, jump uh, shorts, and your jumper, a new one every year. And I know and te- teams, and I know teams mm. they helped them out to get trophies for a presentation day. I know they've done that on several occasions. Yeah. And that was done by the great John Jones, Chucky Jones, who's passed away now. Uh, he was my mentor from the South Juniors, and the great Henry Morris. The great Henry Morris, who was the president of, of, of the Juniors for a long time. But it wasn't just for me. It was for every junior kid in rugby league.
5: And, Terry, I love this because you know what they're doing as well? They're, they're investing in the future because no matter what, even those kids don't go on to play for that club. Yeah. They'll be supporters of that club forever. And you know South Sydney fans. My father-in-law's South Sydney fan from a young age He lives up here in Queensland. He lives in and breathes him. His number plates are South Sydney number plates. He gets his <laughs> membership every year, even though he lives in Queensland. They pay their money because of how great that club is. And so investing a little bit of money when they're junior age – Pays off in the long run for decades to come.
4: And Benny, just quickly, um, you know, turning to 2023, if I received a phone call from South Juniors today and said, we need a help, can you come down and do a sportsman's lunch or can you come down and hand out trophies? I'll say, tell me when, where and what time and I'd be there for nothing.
3: There we go, That's I'm how guessing. good
4: that South Juniors were to me.
3: So maybe random South Sky popping up in a jersey all over the world is not so random after all. The fact that they invest and they've seen that you've got them, you've got them for life. So, Let me
4: give you a tip. This yeah. happened a long way before Russell Crowe.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Very well <laughs> said. Uh, Terry Hill and Ben Hannett, my guests for the next half hour, here to talk some origin. Yeah, believe it or not. Uh, and, and, look, speaking of grassroots, speaking of kids' sport, Maccas, they are proud sponsors of the Little Legends program, uh, which we are supporting here at Air CNQ. They are supporting grassroots of Queensland at McDonald's. All right. Terry, 1998. I'm going to cast your mind back. Yes. It's a long time ago. Mm. Benny, Benny, Benny. We were, we were, this was a year before Terry and Gordon went Eskimo kissing each other on the (laughs) the (laughs) note. 98, you lose game one. You come to the then Lang Park and you're up against a team. So let me think. Queensland team coached by Bennett and you've got Langer, you've got Webke, you've got Lockyer, you've got Thorne, you've you've got some pretty handy players against yep. you. New South Wales come to the cauldron, and somehow you win. How does that happen?
4: Because we we picked the team, and that team wasn't built for one series. We just took a footprint out of off Queensland. Uh, when Phil Gould was there, you know he picked, once you pick them, you stick with them, mm. and. We moulded the side now. Barring injury, we didn't change players. We t- we we tried to do what Queensland did, and then we started to become we started become winners again. And we had a great team through the nineties and ninety eight to come up here and win it. But those majority of those players uh, pl- had been playing four, five, six years, virtually the same team in origin. It's not, we just don't, I just don't know why we changed. I'm dumbfounded. I'm upset. I'm cranky. Don't start me on this. I mean, I hope you're listening, Razor, all right? Because <laughs> I'll fire one at you too, right? And, and what Ben says, you know, is absolutely true. Like, you know, we picked Nico Hines. If he was good enough for game one, why not is he good enough for game two? It's called pick and stick. You pick them and you stick with them. Something we don't do. This is your old teammate, Freddie. That's right. And let me tell you, which I'm very annoyed about, i done an interview with you uh, Friday, fortnight ago, Mm -hmm. and they said, Freddie's going to get the sack. Freddie's going to get the sack. Freddie don't pick the team. Greg Alexander picks the team. Well, if Freddie's got to go, he's got to go.
3: You would have had Nico Hines there, Benny. I'm just standing, I'm just standing yeah, back I'm and letting,
4: letting Terry go. I'm spraying and spitting everywhere. <laughs> oh, I you, know, you can I tell an umbrella. And I'm, and I'm trying to spit far enough or it <laughs> out the razor is not? is who's listening out there.
5: But you can understand your frustration, though. You can see New South Wales on paper every year is a favourite to win. But then if something goes wrong, then things do get changed up very quickly. And that you can see that how passionate you are with with your footy there Tez and we we understand that but you're right until, until you years do get the right combination right unfortunately I don't think it's going to be this Wednesday come and it's going to get right but it's
3: Benny I, I think they've picked a I think they've picked a pretty strong team this time around especially with cook especially with Cook and Robson Robson's got a he's as hard as a cat's head he is yeah. the cowboy from up there he I reckon he will start. If you're smart, New South Wales, I reckon... Here I am giving tips to New South Wales. What the bloody hell. I reckon he he starts and Cook can be your 14 off the bench and and he can play anywhere.
4: I'll give you the tip. Go. I'll give you the tip. They talk about this certain word in many, many sports, especially boxing. If New South Wales any chance of winning next week, it's got to be a war. It's got to be a war. You've got to take yourself up there. And you gotta to prepare to put your body on the line. You gotta be prepared to be prepared to get carried off on the stretcher, do a HIH and lie about it and get back on the field. I know it sounds stupid <laughs> and <laughs> reckless, but you gotta you gotta you gotta bleed. You gotta bleed blue. Yeah. You know why? Because them not they're, I'm not gonna say bastards, right? They're a great football team, right? But they bleed for their state. Yeah. We need to bleed for ours and we need players that are gonna bleed for New South Wales. And until that happens, we can't win.
5: Now, one thing I, I feel your passion. I love it coming from your test But the big I'm, I'm thing under with the, desk. Under
3: the desk here There's a lot of the thumping going on. Put the umbrella down. Put <laughs> the umbrella down. <laughs> but
5: the thing is though, the difference between Queensland and New South Wales, it was really evident in game one. New South Wales were going for the big play play. We saw Pangai Jr. go for that offload. He got his arm free in his own area. It wasn't needed. They go for the big play constantly. But what Queensland do, and we've done it for decades now, and this has been ingrained in us from a young age coming through, is it's all about the small things, the small efforts. We're talking about a front rower pushing through on a kick chase. Lindsay Collins takes the catch. We're talking about a 5'8", pushing through just in case, gets that tries push-up and support. Cameron Munster, the reason why he's so great is because he doesn't do the big play that makes him stand out. He does what the team needs. And this is what I learned from Billy Slater, from Cameron Smith, from Jonathan Thurston. The reason why these guys are the greatest players the game will probably ever see in the era is because they put the team first. It's not about them. They do everything that Mal Meninga or whoever the coaches at the time is asking of them to do. We do that. We know our job. We've been given a simple job to do. And we know New South Wales will go for that big play. They will crack. They will make a mistake.
3: And we will then capitalise the, on it,
5: and that's how Queensland plays state of origin.
3: Benny Hannon, calling it how he is. Terry Hill, he is channeling Tommy Bradonikas, his coach from just, 1998. Just, just,
4: just, <laughs> just one, just one thing, one message for Brad Fittler before they run on the field. Right, it's what you tell the, your young kid when he's six years old. Yeah. Come on, boys, let's get our jumpers dirty. The first half, let's get our jumpers dirty. Let's I hope get a more
5: than it. that for you, Tez. <laughs> I'll,
4: give, I'll give you a tip, brother. I'll be seeing you tomorrow night, and we will lock horns. All right,
3: hey <laughs> boys. I I, ne- I I don't know how I put this fire out, but we need to we need to take a quick break. We're going to be back to continue this. The text line is lighting up too, which is outstanding. Uh, thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Terry Hill, Ben Hannock going head to head. Ben Davis under the desk trying to get out of the way. We're about seventeen minutes away from midday.
1: Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis.
3: It's midday. It's exactly what's happening here in the studios of SENQ. Ben Hatt and Terry Hill going head-to-head as they will be tomorrow night at Albion Park. Origin comes early. It's Origin Greyhound style. Uh, Tez and yep. Benny, Razor has just said on the text, if the dogs from New South Wales end up from Queensland, then the rabbit, which always wins the race, must be called Munster. Because he's always being chased by both sides. Let's let, let, <laughs> let Razor
4: know. Put your head back in the sand. <laughs> Put your head back in the sand, Razor.
3: Now, hang on. Before we move on back to State of Origin, yep. you so not only tomorrow night is big, but Capella Bar on Sunday, Sunday?
4: We have the richest race. It's a State of Origin race up the straight. Yeah. It's the richest straight race in the world. Wow. With a with a prize of forty thousand dollars to win the winner, yeah, and I happen to have the favourite in the race. Oh, here we go! Uh, by the name of Shell Knot, yeah. I actually won the race last year with a dog called Mister America, which I bred, and I've bred Shell Not. So I, I'm, oh. I'm going. I'm, I'll be there. I'll be there on Sunday. Why is it the favourite? Why? Because he uh, we, he, he had a, a look at the track last week, yeah. and
5: uh, he made him the Canberra Milk.
4: He he, he, <laughs> he won he won by four, and he went a couple of tens outside the track record. All right, uh, he's won eleven on end. Oh, and really? He's won eleven in a row, and he's a brilliant bri- straight straight tracker.
3: Well, there we go. What's it called? Shall not. Oh, hang, Benny, can we back a New South Wales dog? I don't know if we can. I don't think we can. Yeah. No. And remember, remember, what else could you be spending money on? That's right, gamblinghelpline.org.au. Um, now, all right, uh, where are we going? State of origin. Let's get back to that because Wednesday night, it all comes down to this because it, it, it could be the end of careers. It could be the making of dynasties. Benny, let, let's talk where it's seriously going to be won, and that is in the middle, the middle of the park, Uh one inspired choice, I think, is Mo Forowaker coming back. He, he He's young. He could be playing for Queensland for the next decade. Yeah, young, Mo. I'm so excited for him because he got
5: picked a couple of years back and obviously got let out of the team for a little while there. But the great thing is, this is the great thing about Queensland is, The the players don't just put their head down and give up. They keep working hard. They know that when they have that opportunity when they're playing Origin, they're only carrying that baton for that certain amount of time. When that opportunity comes again, we saw it also with Cherry Evans as well. He had many years out of the Origin arena and come back bigger and better than ever. And I think that's going to be the exact same thing that's going to happen to Big Flame and Mo. Is he the work rate that he does for the Gold Coast Titans – And with Origin, that's all they're going to ask for him to do is exactly what he does for the Titans, the same role. They gave him that job and responsibility knowing that he can do it. And I guarantee you on Wednesday night, he's one I'm going to be very excited to see. He's got a great engine. He's got great hands. He's got great feet. And in big moments, he's not afraid to stand up and have a run. When times are tough, He'll be just like Shane Webke back in the days, in the early 2000s. Tuck that ball under
3: his arm and make sure Queensland goes forward. Yeah, speaking of Titans, you can feel the energy as a Titans member this season. Head to titans.com.au. Terry, last word to you before we run out of time, and I'm doing this early because (laughs) I know you can go on. Yep.
4: (laughs) (laughs) When you look at the... I'm only warming up. (laughs) I know. We're going to do the afternoon show later.
3: (laughs) Fletch, look out. Um, Which Queenslander... Which Queenslander are you afraid of the most? Who, who has the most fear for you as a New South Welshman?
4: The whole team. Okay. I'm not not trying to be funny. The whole team. We, we are facing a, 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 a massive, massive game, and um, you've got to treat it like life or death. Yeah. This is, the, this is the mindset well, of being. Oh, it is. state of origin. It is, is, is life. Death. Is, now, people go, oh, geez, that, that, that's a silly comment. But you've got to have that mentality to go into a decider up, up at Lang Park, sorry, Suncorp, mm. or the old Lang Park I mm. played too. Um, you've got to have that mindset. You know, it's dog eat dog. And we've got to get up there. We've got a massive challenge. Um, I don't agree with, with some of the selections, but I'm not the selector. But. Even though I disagree with the selections, I support New South Wales with all my heart. Um, it, it's like being six years old. We need to get our jumpers dirty. Let's have some fun and get our jumpers dirty. You know, this everyone. I know we have a bit of a joke around and we and we banter each other, mm. right? But let me tell you, it's war, and we could have that mentality across everyone in in the sheds in their mind. It's war, and if we don't take that mentality, we'll get beat by twenty.
3: It's a great way to finish Terry Hill. Thank you, Benny Hannett. Well done. Good luck tomorrow night when it comes to Origin Greyhounds.
1: Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au.
5: Mornings with Ben Davis. Leaders out from the line. Cameron Smith
4: looks to Harrison, goes across the face to Hammond. The big bloke throws the frame at the line.
3: He may have it. He may have it. They're going to investigate he oh, give the of the head. The big bloke throws his frame at the line. Can the big bloke pick what game that was, what try that was in state of origin? Oh, oh, that would be. It was it game two,
5: 2009? No. No,
3: you didn't even score a try in 2009.
5: <laughs> I scored so many in <laughs> Origin. Sorry, boys. He,
3: he, can't, he can't remember. What was it, 8 or 12? Game 2, 2008. There we go. Game 2, 2008. Look, that's all we've got time for. Benny, go back and just watch those DVDs at home. Bore <laughs> the kids silly. Terry Hill, Ben Hannett, thank you. Go- Make sure everyone gets the Albion Park
4: Dogs tomorrow night. State of Origin for the Dogs. Me and Benny will be there. See you guys.